there is always going to be failures because if you're not failing you're not learning it's it's just that are you really failing uh, when you're starting a new startup or are you really failing as you are building a new uh, a business right so to me uh, it's kind of like really doesn't matter if you're not failing that means you're not learning and it's important not to fail again on the same thing Hi everyone, I'm Pankaj Mishra and you are listening to the Outliers podcast. It's a podcast, a series of conversations with outliers. I'm really excited uh, to sit down with uh, Ritesh Arora who is the co-founder and CEO of Browser Stack. So welcome to the podcast Ritesh. Thanks Pankaj. Uh, uh thanks for coming and um I'm not sure I should be happy or sad uh, that I made you kind of like send us like 30 40 emails um and wait so long but um No, finally, I think uh, we may, um, you know, we are, we are talking. I think that's more important, uh, and looking forward to a great one. So. Okay, good, good. Uh, so, why do I think you are an outlier? I mean, more <laughs> on a more serious note, uh, I think the first time Ritesh I heard about Browser Stack was I was in Economic Times, and we had an awards category for bootstrapped <laughs> uh, companies, and I was looking at it, and uh, I was trying to wrap my head around it. and so so my first impression was that of a long slow bootstrap journey and mm-hmm. everybody was talking about the product that you built and with so little and your you know dogged focus on business and not absolutely nothing else so that for me was the first impression and uh, later on as i went around the ecosystem uh you would normally ask people so what are the best products who are the good product builders in the ecosystem your name and browser stack was always up there so definitely and then there was a lot of back story that kept hearing about <laughs> the early failures mm-hmm. and uh, bootstrapping so i said okay this will make a great uh, learning uh, you know playbook for anyone so here i am uh, ritesh uh, let's start from the start give a, give me a sense of where you come from Uh, what was growing up like uh, who are you really and then when we'll get into other stuff sure 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 so um so i'll give a quick uh, about my past uh, so i i've been brought up in surat gujarat um and uh, from a proper textiles business family um so uh, my entire background uh, for my entire childhood um Uh, was Surat Gujarat, which again is very business focused, um, and I've never seen anyone actually doing a job in my extended family for most of my life um, uh, until I went to college. Um, so, so the entire grassroots of like uh, you know entrepreneurship, doing a business, uh, how to be very like investment focused, uh, financially focused, etc., etc., has been like pretty deep rooted uh, from my childhood itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, it was then and probably about. 11th and 12th standard i went to kota for iit prep uh, that was kind of a coincidence uh, i landed up in kota um uh, two years in i probably like got into iit bombay um and then computer science iit bombay uh, four years um, i met uh, nakul uh, who's my co-founder um in iit itself so he was my classmate uh, unfortunately he was my roommate as well <laughs> um so uh, he was all india rank 89 i was all india rank 90 So this coincidence we happened to meet. Um, so it was at end of first year uh, where um, um, 
you know, we decided that, hey, if you're in IIT Bombay, getting a job is an easier one, uh, especially if you're computer science. Um, why not take a challenge, go for an entrepreneurial route? Um, and that's that's the time where we actually started, like, um, you know, exploring different ideas, understanding what making a business is, et cetera, et cetera. Unfortunately, um, IIT doesn't give you a good support. Uh, back then, this was like 2003, 4, 2003, Four, five. Much um, before startups became <laughs> yes, yes, sexy. It's, it's, yes, yes. It's, um, it's uh, now I would say like old days. Um, um, I, I think you'll probably find yourself the only lone person, you know, fighting a battle, and everyone is like, "Hey, what are you really doing?" Like, it doesn't make at all sense. Makes sense. Um, uh, but we kept fighting. We kept uh, kind of like pushing hard on this. Um, it was our. Um, end of uh, uh, IIT, which is our final year, 2005-ish, and um, where we started our first proper startup, um, um, highly tech. Uh, what we were doing was sentiment analysis. Um, um, it was all machine, langu- machine learning and natural language processing. Um, nowadays, people call it AI. It's, it's the fancy stuff. But um, um, uh, for us, it was pretty normal. Like That was my bachelor thesis was also around AI and networks. Um, so, uh, you know, we started that pro- project, uh, probably read about every research paper ever, ever written on um, sentiment analysis, um, came up with our own algorithm, um, and at the same time, Nakul was kind of more focused towards um, how can I aggregate information from the internet uh, so that we can actually have test pets um, much larger and bigger and we can actually start running uh, our algorithms over and above that. Um, and then we started launching websites. So we launched, um, we tried dabbling with a, a shopping site, an e-commerce, back in 2005, um, uh, where uh, we actually looked up to Amazon. Um, you have an Amazon uh, kind uh, shopping website, but on the reviews part, we'll probably give you a summary of thousands of reviews that people have written for a product. Um, so um, uh, we made that, probably took us, took us about like nine months um, to come up with a product. Um, and then we thought like, hey, you know, we are kind of like getting lost on the business side. Um, and we wanted to have a bigger runway. Uh, we wanted to probably spend another two, three years doing this. Uh, so try raising money. Uh, that is 2006, uh, summer of 2006. Um, and we probably like would have talked to over 50 investors globally. Um, not a single one gave us any money. <laughs> um, uh, I think they will give you your, uh, their time and attention, uh, especially if you're from IIT. Um, that was a good part. I think some, a few places where IIT helps, uh, this was one of them. Um, and, um, n- you know, never, n- you know, no one actually gave us money. Um, but we got a lot of feedback, a lot of insights into what we were doing wrong. Um, I think the first, most important, we were heavily tech and engineering focused. We were more research focused, but we were not really business focused. Mm-hmm. We wanted to do a business, but most of the time was actually spent into just engineering, R&D, technology. Um, secondly, I think uh, uh, we got a feedback where we wanted to make it a more of a retail consumer uh, uh, tech, but it's actually most suited at this time uh, for um, corporates. So if you look into McDonald's, um, McDonald's basically would get thousands of feedback and reviews across different social media. Um, if we could have used our technology and probably like sold it to McDonald's, um, hey, this is what people are talking about here on a day-to-day basis, summarize it for them, uh, would have been really a goal uh, for companies. 
but we were just out of college um, and doing an enterprise business wasn't really exciting and sexy enough um, so so we so we just decided to quit that um, and then we joined um, lime wire lime group um, uh, their office in gurgaon uh, worked there for about 2 years um, and then we started our second startup Uh, so actually, we tried a lot of ideas, but this is like a proper official startup we did for about like at least uh, one and a half two years, um, and this was about um, uh, data aggregation. Uh, so, let's say you heard about browser stack, right? So you'll probably have, um, you know, a same set of like twenty to thirty questions that you would like to know that probably everyone else wants to know, right? So, who are the founders? When did it start? It? What people talking about it? Like. Uh, have they raised any money? Like, etc., etc. Right. So, uh, and and most of this information, if you are doing a Google search, that means it's actually available on the internet. Yeah. Right. So, uh, so we thought like, why don't we actually put this information all in one place, um, summarize it beforehand, so that once you actually uh, come to our website, um, you'll probably have a summary page for browser start, mm-hmm. right? uh, and probably like all the other websites. um uh that potentially exist um uh, so we uh, start with a challenge um we actually got a great traction um um uh, for one day we were one of the best startups on the internet uh this was back in 2009 um by 2008 you were out of the first one uh, uh yeah almost end of 2008 okay. and this happened um and then 2009 uh, i remember like we were one of the kind of like best startups uh, for a day uh, got a lot of traction and and uh, traffic grew we became uh, one of the top 1000 websites from india uh, and we both were just still operating from our home um, and i think kind of like past experiences uh, made us learn um, that uh, you know let's not depend on like raising money um, uh, let's be as lean as possible uh, so we started reading a lot about um, 37 signals the founders of 37 signals their methodology um, Uh, and and they have created a phenomenal story as well in the past um and and also because um, we were one of the initial uh, users of ruby on rails in india uh, we had a, a quite one of the best known blocks in that as well uh, so we knew 37 singles very close um uh, so yeah so that was the second startup um, we got a lot of traction um Uh, we were uh, making good amount of revenue as well um, but after a point could figure it out like what should we do about this like this technology and this business um uh, for almost 6 months we probably explored many options uh, but just still just kind of hit a wall um, so we kind of like uh, decided that hey let's move on in this one as well and and again um, uh, it's it's like uh, uh, you know build fast and fail fast um is something we learned on our way that um if it's just not working and we're not able to figure out what next let's just move on right. what are the signals for you ritesh like a lot of entrepreneurs and i'm also a rookie founder mm-hmm. how do you know this is not worth the time yeah. there's entrepreneurial optimism also right <laughs> yes 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 so um I think uh, uh, no, th- that optimism is is needed. Like that's what motivates an entrepreneur and, and sets them apart from everyone else. But at the same time, being realistic is extremely important as well. Um, uh, I think uh, uh, I think just listening to different people, uh, getting their advice. Um, uh, are we solving a problem for our users? Who is my users? Uh, can I really monetize this? Um, uh, do I know that how am I grow grow next? Um, 
etcetera etcetera a lot of these questions needs to be answered um, if you are able to answer most of them i think great continue to keep doing that um, but if you are stuck and you're not able to answer and your like growth is stagnated like almost for 6 months you're not getting any way out of it like um you have talked to a lot of people and asked for help but you're still not able to move forward i would say just call quit it's fine there is something else that's waiting for you um it's and it's important for you to start that something else like faster than probably waiting for 5 years to do this mm-hmm. right um so yeah so that's so the second one yeah so yeah. so you decided to move on move on uh, we kept the second one up and running because just the website is all automated like two of us was managing it um uh, and uh, for almost 6 months we uh, look for a lot of ideas um, but we just couldn't kind of like uh, qualify an idea right uh, because we failed so many times uh, we we created our own playbook uh, a startup playbook uh, uh, where uh, your idea has to you know cross through a lot of these barriers um, it has to if it crosses uh, great it's a great thing to work on um, we 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 started questioning ourselves like uh, is it worth my next 2 years we we just couldn't for 6 months almost looked into over 20 ideas uh, we couldn't qualify anything um, and then we decided um, you know let's uh, so while we were working on so many technologies um, uh, we got a lot of consulting projects Uh, so that made us leave our jobs as well and support all these startups that we did um, and uh, uh, so we decided let's just scale our consulting business let's just do something uh, maybe we'll figure it out on the way um, and it was at a time of uh, uh, building the website for our consulting business um, it took us about 2 days to put together a wordpress theme but testing on i browser which is the internet explorer browser uh, back in 2011 um, Where I browser still had over fifty percent of the market share um, uh, would have been a four-day job uh, because we were working out of a MacBook. We don't have access to I browsers uh, and getting an access and then testing. Uh, uh, and I think that's where uh, uh, it just sounded like very weird. Like if you have two days of putting up together an entire website, four days just testing on one browser just doesn't seems reasonable. It should be probably like half an hour job, right? So. Uh, and then we realized we probably have had this challenge in all the previous ideas and startups we have worked on. Oh, uh, and um, and so we probably spent about a month um, uh, researching um, and going through our playbook, startup playbook. Like, does it qualify? Does it qualifies? And fortunately, kind of qualified almost eighty-five to ninety percent. Um, uh, and I think most of the qualification is about like customer, their problems, and market. Um, So we we realized almost on a daily basis there were over hundreds of people who were actually complaining about this problem on the internet. Um, so if one percent of people complain, that means there's a huge market of people facing this problem on a daily day to day basis. Um, and it was just not us kind of sitting on India; it's more of a global problem. Um, and um, uh, the problem was big. People actually take efforts to probably go out and speak about it. Uh, they face it as a challenge. Um, So I think that gave us kind of like a motivation. Like let's 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 spend four months, five months. Let's see where it goes. Um, the the downside of this idea was that hey, would it be a too niche of a problem to solve? Um, uh, but I think now if I look back, it doesn't really matter. Like if if you think there is a a market uh, which is significantly big, uh, and there are users who are facing a problem, just go for it. Really doesn't matter whether it's a niche or not. Um, Um, so we took us took us about like four months um, to uh, launch the first version of browser stack um, uh, 
and we kept it like pretty lean. Um, um, we just launched it with like three features, um, and it was only eye browsers. Uh, yeah. So we technically became reseller of eye browser. Um, 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 and, and we reached out to the same people who were complaining about this problem on the internet and gave them free access. Uh, we already have our users uh, who were waiting for us. Um, uh, and within a month, um, uh, we reached out to about 10,000 beta users. Um, uh, so uh, quite a few of them tweeted about us, wrote about us, uh, especially John Resig, who started the jQuery library, which is almost used by 40% websites globally now. Um, uh, he, he probably like commented saying that this is one of the biggest problems the internet is facing right now, that we can't test on different kind of browsers uh, and give a unified experience. Uh, um, took us to about 10,000 beta users within a month. Uh, and many of them started uh, asking for a paid version. They asked for a paid. They asked for a paid version. Again, now I look back, I probably feel because the product was so bad. <laughs> they were like, if, 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 if I pay you, do I expect a better service, right? Uh, but, but I think it, it, it again says good part about like the problem in the market, the product market fit. The market was really ready that people were willing to pay money. Um, uh, and um, and that's when we decided like hey lo let's launch our like you know launch packages pricing and let's see how it goes um, and we started making money day one um, um, and um, I remember I think we made close to thousand dollars on day one itself uh, and we were both of us working out for coffee shop um, uh, and and we just organically started scaling browser stack and most of our efforts uh, went into like support the scale. Um, um, and probably like just take in customer feedback and just keep on improving on the product itself. Um, uh, one year later, we were probably moved away from just an eye browser platform um, to an entire cross browser platform, which is not just the eye, we will support Chrome, Firefox, eye browser on different operating systems, different versions, etc. etc. Um, and we reached a million dollars in revenue and we both were still working out of a coffee shop. Wow. Um, so, and, and I think we, we really believed in this, the, uh, the lean startup philosophy. Um, and, um, and, and where almost everything was automated, um, we did few things, um, and, but made sure that few things we do are really impactful. Um, and um, I think then we, we reached a point where like just two of us were not enough uh, because we reached like almost a thousand customers. Um, um, and you know, supporting those thousand customers, scale challenges. So we started kind of like hiring people, um, and that's when the first time we moved to our, our, our formal office. Mm. Wow. I'm sorry, I'm I mean like no. speaking for a while. But no, yes. no, no. This is amazing. This is amazing. Uh, okay, good. So, so now let us look at the the core building blocks or building an organization. I mean, yeah. from working uh, from a coffee shop to actually building an organization. Yes. Uh, what were some of the building blocks in terms of hiring or, or culture, mm -hmm. all of that? Then I also want to learn more about the whole bootstrapping lessons. Yeah, yeah sure. So, um, yeah, I think building an organization, um, I think hasn't been a natural kind of like uh, strength or something that comes very naturally to us. Um, I think because for a very long period, uh, we were like a strong believer of like a lean startup. Um, keep it as small as possible, high impact. Um, 
moving to a fast scaling organization um, is a is a other other end of the spectrum altogether. Um, uh, but it's been like last five years. We are really focused on kind of like getting there. Um, I probably feel almost there now. Um, but it's it's a huge transformation. It's a huge transformation. A, a, a very big learning curve for us. Um, <coughs> Uh, culture is extremely important because as you scale, um, um, you, you want people to be culturally aligned. Um, without that, it's it's really difficult to kind of make the organization move fast in the right direction. Um, so spend a lot of time kind of focused on that. Hiring is again, uh, as you mentioned, um, uh, I think hiring at the scale needs to be processized. Um, um, I, I think in the initial days, you're thinking about hiring the first one developer, two developers. Um, uh, maybe you want to hire the first two sales guys. I think which is okay, but um, after the point, you need to think about like, hey, what is going to, um, uh, what is the system or process I need to build, which is going to make me hire hundreds of sales guys or hundreds of developers in the next three years. Because if you're solving that problem, you're going to always have challenges hiring, and you're never going to hire people. And if you don't hire really good people, you're not going to scale as an organization, right? So. Um, I always look into hiring as, hey, uh, you know, I need to build this for next three, three to five years, um, and it's not an immediate problem that I have to solve. That's very interesting. <clears throat> Most of these, uh, you know, lessons in building an organization or scaling, yeah. how did it mean any kind of transformation in you as an individual, as a person? I don't know. I mean, the first time I met you, uh, I thought you were uh, a, not a recluse, but mm-hmm. you know. So, so what did it mean for you as an individual, <laughs> this whole journey? Were there any changes? Did you... uh, yeah, there, there's been a lot of changes. Um, I think first, first, um, I'm a way more people-centric person now. Um, uh, I'll probably strike a conversation. I'll probably speak a lot more. Um, uh, we, we never did a kind of like a presentation for an entire company, but now we probably do it like five to six times a year. Um, uh, I probably would have never addressed like, uh, you know, the company or maybe like a larger audience. Um, but now I'm way more flexible, open, probably addressing and speaking for almost two to three hours. Um, uh, so that's one. Uh, I think uh, uh, delegating, creating a system, creating a process, empowering people, um, uh, learning whom to empower, whom not to empower. What is the right time to do that? Uh, how to scale? How not like um, whom to hire? What are the hiring mistakes? So there has been a... Um, a, a long journey of like four to five kind of years learning it uh, through yeah. uh, culturally like hey uh, what are the values we believe in like uh, uh, how can we write it down very clearly that people understand uh, uh, how do we make people follow those values how do we uh, recognize people for doing that um, uh, recognition is something big uh, that we have learned across the journey that it's really important for people um, uh, Driving people through vision and motivation is is something that uh, is really important as a leader. Um, communication is extremely important. So, a lot of these skills not really natural if you are really an engineer who always works heads down. Um, but yeah, I think we are kind of almost there. Now, one of the uh, arguments against bootstrapping, Ritesh, is that uh, it isolates you from the mainstream industry right i mean or the ecosystem whatever you call it now there are arguments against that as well but if you look at bootstrapping uh hunkering down building a company focusing on customers and revenue only doing that and not having an investor you know 
So, so how, give me a sense of the bootstrapping journey and, you know, help me understand the arguments for and against with, with real experience. Sure. So, uh, if I look back, if I have to do this again, um, I would definitely start bootstrap. Um, uh, probably for in first year or year and a half, uh, reach it, make it reach business to a point where um, I think there is a great product market fit um, uh, and there is a larger audience, <coughs> like a user base who is willing to pay. Um, then I would probably like uh, uh, get some investors in place um, just as a forcing factor because the scale needs to come in. right? Um, and whatever you have been doing till now is not going to you know, take you to a large scale. Uh, your methods and goals and all needs to change dramatically. Um, uh, I think getting an investor is critically important at that point. Um, an investor who basically believes in scale is extremely entrepreneur friendly, um, can support you in, you in that journey and probably guides you very well. Um, but getting an investor doesn't mean you shouldn't be profitable as a business. Um, uh, because whatever you have done till now that you're bootstrap means that you're profitable, I would probably recommend to continue as a profitable business. Um, that brings a, a good discipline in the company um, uh, and, and, and a probably a stronger values and culture in place. So get investors, but still be profitable, um, not necessarily a bootstrap one. Yeah, can, can't bootstrap forever. Uh, I, I mean, uh, Sridhar's, uh, the Zoho example is different in yes, that sense, yes. but... Yeah, even we could have bootstrap forever, uh, but uh, I think we probably like figured out after a point that uh, we want to scale and speed is very important. We want to scale faster um, and we need partners on board who can actually help us and guide us to, through that journey. We have never seen this before. We have actually never worked in a company more than 25 employees, right? So. Um, I think that's where uh, getting the right set of investors is critically important. Um, uh, that's that's how I would probably look into this. So, Ritesh, how you talked about the changes uh, as an individual and uh, everything, transformation as a leader and yes. things like that. Where do you learn from? I mean, I'm aware of the whole F6 council, but it yes. only happened recently. Yes, I mean, yes. it wasn't there forever, right? Yes, yes. So help me understand how your learning changed over years and, and where do you learn from? How do you evolve? Yes, so uh, I think it's it's all about learning on the job uh, uh, because you can't leave the job to learn, right? So um, it's all learning on the job. Uh, you probably meet other entrepreneurs, um, uh, different advisors, your investors. I think uh, the entrepreneur has to be very open to listen to different ideas. Um, even if you hire like senior executives, they also bring in a lot of experience. Um, so it's all this set of people. And then of course, you probably read on the internet, keep reading. Um, all this put together uh, probably is the source of learning. Um, and I think that needs to constantly happen. If you if you as a, uh, a founder don't like look six, if, if you look like six months back and if you don't say, oh shit, like I haven't really changed, um, then probably you aren't really learning enough. Ritesh, how is making money as, as a business? Now, if you go back to the first two startups that mm -hmm. you did mm -hmm. or even the consulting and everything, through that journey to Browser Stack, mm -hmm. what has been the key lessons in making money or getting people who pay for it? I mean, it, it, I know it's a very simplistic question, but mm -hmm. it, every time I talk to people, existing and wannabe entrepreneurs, 
this still it looks like a far bigger question yeah sure so uh, yeah i think uh, let me break it down into like uh, really simple first principles of doing a business like um, i think uh, if you want to make money out of any product um, i'm talking about large scale like if you're a really a great sales guy you can sell anything that's another thing uh, but it won't scale after the point so i think there has to be a market number one right the market has to be big enough um, if if you're if you're probably in a market which is too small i think you're probably going to have challenges uh, making money um, secondly i think customers feel have a problem and it's so acute that they're willing to pay money for it uh, it's it's kind of like a medicine versus a vitamin like it shouldn't be like good good to have problem like um, so i think always go for acute problem uh, that makes it much much easier um, and also like i would probably say look for a very established market uh, and if you are kind of like disrupting that market that means people are already paying for products in that market and you're probably going to replace someone else right so um, Uh, those are the like the first kind of like one on one and then over and above that uh, of course you have needed to have a great product that solves that problem that people say yes your product is the number one choice um, and then as a as as an entrepreneur i think you really have to be focused on go to market strategy as well it's not always about product um, uh, i think at the end of the day we need to realize we are on a business like we are not in a journey of making a great product we are in a journey of making a great business right so um and i think go to market should probably become like 30 to 50% uh, focus of an entrepreneur which is if i have identified my market how what is going to be my distribution strategy um uh, what is going to be my monetization strategy uh, and how do i scale on that the other thing ritesh is at different life stages of a company building a company yes. requires a different kind of leader mm-hmm. and so one is you you as an individual keep evolving and and changing to to be be that leader yes uh, but there could be a time when you are not that leader and you spot someone like that right mm-hmm. so so how, what are your thoughts on that like you founded a company but mm-hmm. must you be the ceo i'm i'm asking a very direct question about founders evolution into a ceo <laughs> beyond <laughs> or there will be a, a time when those questions could come so what is your idea of yes yeah, sure so uh, uh, i think uh, uh, many founders uh, probably transition into a ceo uh, may not be really by choice but by force um, uh, but but i think uh, uh, i think every founder should probably ask themselves like what do they really enjoy doing uh, because a transition from a founder to a ceo is a very different journey it's it's a very different role uh, you would never imagine oh shit is is this what i really signed up for um uh, I, i think uh, if if you don't get enjoyment by doing this i would say just kind of like don't do it um uh, and it should also go with your uh, motivation drives etc uh, etc et um but at the same time uh, i think uh, it's the founder or an entrepreneur who's really the heart and soul of a business right um replacing uh, you know him or her is it's 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 the most difficult i have never seen up to now a successful replacement um, um so that's that's where uh, the problem usually comes <laughs> we're right it's, it's the founder's mentality as i think bcg or someone call it yeah no i agree with you 
Yep. What, what about, uh, you know, so it, it, the hiring people itself, mm-hmm. when you are a startup, uh, a lot of value is given to the stock value, yes, the yes, ESOPs. Yes, yes. In your case, you were bootstrapped. So yes. you, I, I imagine you would be in a far better situation than a lot of startups, uh, getting an investor on board. And so how do you ensure you have just the required amount of control in terms mm-hmm. of shaping the future of the company? Mm-hmm. Uh, number one. And number two, what is your approach when it comes to using ESOP, mm-hmm. uh, or, you know, or employee retention? What are mm-hmm. some of the ideas you apply? Sure. So uh, uh, I'm probably like uh, a big believer of ESOPs uh, as as. Uh, you know, employees probably give their best in the growth of the journey. Um, in our case, it was a little different because um, uh, we were bootstrapped and we probably never really saw ourselves raising money or getting investors. Um, and if we don't do that, uh, giving an exit is a big problem. So, um, you know, it's it's would have been like really unfair uh, where uh, you probably give ESOPs, uh, but they are really going to be worth nothing because they are never going to see exits and you may never really want to give that. So it's kind of like an, you know, a wrong promise to make. Uh, to me, ESOP is a promise as well. Um, uh, where you have given it, uh, it's not really, you know, you're just giving them cash. like. Uh, but you need to really kind of show them that, hey, you know, how over a long period of time, probably you will really make good money out of ESOPs if you probably like stay in a company and probably like uh, contribute a lot to its journey. Hmm. And and what about uh, not seeding? A, a lot of founders who raise money early mm-hmm. or even later, with, with every round, you're giving away uh, more equity. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is is there any first principle for you when it comes to uh, on on that front in terms of how much of control or equity should founders have? Uh, sure. So. Yeah, I, I, I probably think, uh, uh, I think the number one focus for an entrepreneur should be scale, uh, because I think that's the point where they actually um, uh, keep raising next, next, next round and probably keep diluting themselves. But um, I think at the same time, like financial prudence is extremely important for a founder, because then they are not setting themselves for a long term success. Right. So. Um, if you see like uh, the best of the companies, tech companies kind of like created, like you look into like Amazon, Google, uh, um, I think uh, founders after a point stopped diluting. They probably had like a substantial stake in the company and you want founders to have that um, or you won't see them running the company for a very long time or may not be really motivated enough. Um, or they won't have the empowerment or the power to probably call the shots and you want them to have call the shots as well. Same as Facebook as well. Right? So um, I think uh, dilution is going to happen as you scale, but I think that prudence about how much to dilute and what is the, um, you know, the base you want to settle down. Uh, pr- probably I believe like uh, 20% plus for a founder is something like uh, a number that they should always have. Yeah. Yeah, because... Uh Nowadays, you meet a lot of companies and you realize the founder is around, actually gets to single digit and they are in series E, D, even that early. Yes, yes. yes. I think single digit after a point, like really founders don't have any say in the company. Now, they're easily replaceable. Like if the moment something goes wrong, you have bad investors, I think it's probably done. Yeah. 
um, and uh, I think from that perspective, I really believe like for, as a, as one founder, as a founding team, I think there should be probably upwards of forty percent so that they can kind of meaningfully influence um, um, the company and like where they want to take it towards. No, I think it's a very very important point and. I mean, of course, I, I'm not saying you had the luxury because you were bootstrapped, but even otherwise, right? Yeah, I think if if uh, uh, I think if you basically bootstrap uh, and probably grow fast and keep that financial prudence in mind, I think you will always uh, get to that forty percent. Um, uh, that's where it gets to. I think if if you're growing very fast and you build like. Uh, uh, the building blocks in the building itself, uh, I think that probably gives you a leverage uh, to probably like negotiate, raise lesser money, but still continue to grow fast. So, you know, if, if we had met like five, seven years ago, you know, mm-hmm. around the time you were hunkered down and building, yes. bootstrapping this, uh, I would imagine you would have come across as a very missionary person. Okay, I'm not going to fu- raise funds ever. You know, I want to build an institution and, and, and so on. Mm-hmm. First of all, is that accurate? <laughs> and secondly, uh, what is your idea of building browser stack? I mean, I'm, I'm trying to ask a question about a built to last kind of a thing, right? Mm-hmm. What is what what is that is driving uh, browser stack going forward? And why are you doing this? At what mm-hmm. point in time? Mm-hmm. You will stop doing it. What could be the reasons? Sure, sure. So, um, yeah, I think uh, what 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 we want to do uh, going forward uh, is we want to see Browser Stack becoming a global technology company out of India, like a true, real technology product com- company which is global coming out of India. Like, uh, I think that's something that's been really missing from India. I think. Um, we are known for IT. We are known for services. Um, uh, we are known for like, hey, you know, there is a global product someone else innovated, and we probably have a replica of that in India. Um, but um, you know, kind of like creating a market, creating a space, and that to really uh, uh, you know strong technology is something really we are focused on. Um, we want to make that as an example for this country. Um, and at the same time, kind of make it as a long, sustainable, high-growth business. Um, I think that those are the two focus areas uh, that we are working on right now. Do you think too much about 100 million revenues? What? How do you set goals? Uh, do I think about 100 million revenue? Yes. <laughs> too, too much or too less, uh, I can't really say. Uh, uh, but yeah, we do think quite a lot about that. Uh, I think because particularly for us, um, uh, I think for us, uh, there is a great product we have at hand, great technology, uh, amazing product market fit. Uh, we have all the resources we want to grow. Um, so the only thing that's stopping us right now is that we need to really get our growth up and running, focus on go-to-market, and, and hence like a lot of focus right now and probably in the next year is going to be on the revenue side. Final couple of things, Ritesh. Yes, yes. I'm really enjoying this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Failures are... Normally, uh, stigma, right? I mean, at least around in India, and even now it continues to be the case, right? Mm. Uh, you have had a couple of entrepreneurial failures, yeah. right? Now, what, what is, how, how, what would you tell entrepreneurs who are one time, or two time, three time failures? Because I think as this ecosystem grows, there are going to be all kinds of stories, right? Success yeah. and failures. Yeah. Yeah. So, what? 
what motivated you to keep attempting entrepreneurship? <laughs> yeah, I think uh, uh, one thing I'll probably like, uh, uh, probably have a different view. Um, uh, there is always going to be failures. Because if you're not failing, you're not learning. Uh, uh, it's, it's just that, are you really failing um, uh, when you're starting a new startup? Or are you really failing as you're building a new uh, a business, right? So uh, to me, uh, it's kind of like really doesn't matter. Uh, if you're not failing, that means you're not learning. Uh, and it's important not to fail again on the same thing. Um, so learning and being very smart about it is, is what I think is the most important. Um, and failing, I think, just not accept failures. I would say embrace failures. Um, and failures are a measurement of like uh, how you as an entrepreneur are probably really doing. So in your successive uh, startups, you know, you, you avoided the mistakes that you had committed. Yes, before. that's important. And even like in last eight years of, you know, building and growing browser stack, I think we probably failed so many times, probably like sometimes multiple times a day, right? Because we've taken wrong decisions, like... Um, wrong strategy approaches, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, I think failures are always going to happen. It's all about how we embrace it and probably being smart about learning from it is is the really key factor to it. How do you ensure you don't fail again with the same mistakes? Like you personally, you if you have failed early enough, you know, but as you grow as an organization, yes. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's that's the tough one. Uh, that's really a tough one, um, and and even we are kind of like uh, learning it on our way. Um, I think uh, it a lot comes down to the people uh, you have. Um, um, it's do the other leaders in your company see it the same way? Um, are they kind of like keeping a track of you know? Hey, we as a company um, uh, learned this is a mistake. We need to fix it, but you can't always expect founders to be solving all the problems. Like it has to be given to the leaders, it has to be given to the grassroots of the company, right? So everyone should be looking in the same way. So it again comes back to the culture, to and and the philosophy in the company. Like, uh, uh, do we want to? It's okay to fail, but it's extremely important to you know solve that problem and learn from it um, and think it about at scale. Um, Many times, I think that scale becomes a big challenge. Um, people will think about like, yes, it's it's a problem of one customer, I'll solve it. But they don't realize that um, there might be so many other customers who are already facing a problem, but you don't see it. They don't talk, come and tell you that. Um, and you're going to have hundreds of more customers in the future as well. So it's thinking about like, yes, I have to solve this, uh, but at the same time at a large scale. Um, and as, as you scale the organization, it, it's everyone's problem too. I think that would be quite a journey, right? Even yes. going forward. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, F final question, Ditesh. Yes. I should have asked this as a first question. <laughs> but <laughs> how, how do you tell your family, uh, wife, are you married? Yes, I have married, uh, have a son, five Okay, cool. How, how do you tell people in your family what you do? <laughs> I, how, how do you explain? How, what do you tell them? Yeah, that's that's a difficult one. Um, uh, especially like the business we are into, it's it's not a consumer facing. Um, then, uh, first, first of all, it's an enterprise product and uh, it's a very technological focused selling to developers. Uh, it's extremely difficult for my family to understand. Like, I think it's been eight years. I, I really doubt, like, um, 
uh, my father really understands what i do uh, uh, so it's 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 a it's a constant kind of like conversation trying to really simplify it uh, make it a very simplified kind of like conversation and explanation what we do um, Uh, but they're getting there. <laughs> no, because they would have been around through this journey of anxieties to success and all of that, right? For them, it's about uh, the outcome. How are you doing, right? Yeah, I think uh, in my case, a lot of that happened like much earlier uh, mm-hmm. while I was in IIT itself. I actually went through all these ups and downs, kind of like when I was in IIT, because I really had a, a struggle there. Because as I said, like it was. um no one would really understand you while you were there right so i always fall back into my parents and my father to probably talk to um but i think he has been extremely supportive um uh, throughout my journey um and because i think he also comes from a business background he has seen a lot of struggle in his life so he really probably has understands and really supports me um even now if there is one person i will always go back to to kind of like who really understands me it will be my father so Uh, yeah, I think uh, I've probably not have had that much of a, uh, a struggle from a family perspective. Cool, Ritesh. Uh, stay awesome and Godspeed with everything in future. Thanks, thanks, Manish. Really enjoyed it. All the best. Thank you. Yeah.